Uh, I do keep a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. I keep a spreadsheet of all the albums that I listen to from start to finish. They can only go on the spreadsheet if it was from first track to last track. I log the artist. I log the name. I log the year. I log the <laughs> genre. And I give it a rating out of 10. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Essential B2B podcast. I am your host, Brand Awareness Manager for Lead Forensics, Joe Ducaro. And today... I have the pleasure of being joined by digital marketing playmaker, B2B motivational speaker, and marketing tech guide, Tom Armitage. Tom, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic here in upstate New York. It's about 33 degrees Fahrenheit for the people that use Celsius, <laughs> and that is very, very cold. <laughs> even even I, just, I don't fully understand the, the relationship between Fahrenheit and Celsius myself, but even I know that is cold. Sorry, all right, uh, one degree less and it's going to be snowing. That's that's the, that's, <laughs> that's all you need to know. Perfect. Excellent stuff. Um, Tom, I want to get started by talking a little bit about content, social mm-hmm. content, if that's okay. So there was a, a, a little while ago, This is there's one piece of content that really sticks in my mind that you put out. It was a little while ago. And I can't put my finger quite on why it sticks in my head because you were at, a, I think it was a museum you were at. And you just took a little video just saying like, hey, I'm just in between meetings. I'm up at the museum. I'm just, you know, just doing a little update. And, you know, is it really that straightforward for a company, for a brand, for an individual to start making content like that? Yeah, I think that you first need to decide on what you want to be known for, right? That's where the, the, the personal branding strategy comes from. But it's important to be consistent. It's important to be top of mind in quantity, unfortunately, is important in the world that we live in. And there's always been the struggle between quality versus quantity. And the, the, the struggle and the challenge between that battle is some people are self-perfectionists and a lot of times leadership and, and management don't really understand or, or they understand the quality nature of it, but they don't understand the importance of the quality. So they're they only give approvals or they only are willing to get involved in whatever that might be, you know, one article a, a quarter, one, one webinar a, a, a year or whatever the case is. And that's just not enough. There, there's too much content that's being generated on a regular basis by your competition. So in order to stay top of mind, in order to compete better, you need to be constantly producing content, constantly be getting into the feeds of your prospects, your buyers, your community, your, your networks. So that way, People can continually continue to see who you are and what you're talking about, which leads me back to your actual question, which is these off the cuff type of videos or posts or photos help to fill in the gap of when you are not always able to talk about what you want to be known for. Right. Digital marketing is kind of my bread and butter of what I like to and prefer to and need to talk about regularly. But in those whatever the cadences that I've created, which is every weekday, I I haven't really been posting much on the weekends. There's ways that you can fill in the gap with something that's a little bit uh, lighter and a little bit not as serious, a little bit more uh, off the cuff that still can be showcasing your personality, your style, who you are and what you want to be talking about. It doesn't always need to be hard business type of content and information. So yeah, I I do remember that video. I was about to walk into another meeting and the the museum was, was, um, kind of right behind me because we started to do business with the museum itself. Um, it was a beautiful day. And I think I just did a, a, a post on, you know, going for a walk to kind, kind of stimulate your, your creative um, energy and, and mindset. But yeah, those, those type of posts can be really helpful for just um, 
from a networking standpoint and just people getting to know you and, and you getting to know other people that end up commenting and engaging on your stuff. So then do you think it's quite easy now to spot when when there's sort of, if you like, cookie cutter content being created? Is it is it easy to spot when someone's being, you know, inauthentic or it's, oh, well, clearly someone had five minutes before they needed, you know, there was a deadline to get a post out. Is it, is it easier to spot that sort of thing, do you think? I think it's easier to spot when something's been, uh, when, when a company overthinks something, when it's, it's, been approved and reviewed by 10 people when it's nearly flawless or it is flawless. And, and there's, I don't know, it, it ends up becoming more stale and more vanilla and, and something's it being too polished, I think can be a, a negative in the world that we live in. So um, I think that you can spot sometimes when, when something has, when they put in maybe too much work into something. And I do think that is possible sometimes, um, but can you spot something that was thrown together and, and just whipped out really, really quickly for novices and people maybe just getting into it? But for those that have gotten really good at creating posts and content quickly and um, they kind of get into the, the rhythm of just pulling out their phone and creating a, a video with with good whatever the information is, they're, they're, they're good at whatever it is that they're communicating about. I don't necessarily think so. I think I think for maybe some people you can spot and be like, okay, maybe they should put a little more thought and effort and, and attention into whatever it is that they were trying to say or communicate. But I think for for good content marketers that do content marketing regularly, I don't think it necessarily matters if it, if it took five minutes or fifty minutes or five hours. If if they're good at what they do, they can still convey something important and valuable in a, a very short amount of time. And uh, who else's content are you inspired by? Who is it that, you know, whenever you see their name pop up, you're like, oh, I'll give this a look for sure. I got a, I got a Google Keep sheet that I, I revisit very often that I, I go through their content on LinkedIn specifically, uh, basically every day or every other day because they got some really good stuff. Matt Zahn is a digital storyteller. He speaks on a national circuit. He's got some really great stuff. Bobby Macy out in Salt Lake City. He's into video marketing. He's awesome. Uh, Marina, I can't pronounce your last name. She's over in Europe. Uh, awesome stuff on, on workplace culture and toxic culture and, and marketing in general. Uh, Morgan Snyder, he's also out in Utah. He does a lot of great stuff with, with content marketing. There, I, I have a whole list of probably, there's probably about 40 to 50 people on that Google Keep Sheet that I review their content regularly because they've inspired me over the course of a two-year period. And LinkedIn doesn't do a good job of letting you access people's stuff quickly and easily. They really should have borrowed the Twitter list feature from 10 years ago when Twitter created list, which is one of their first features, I believe, because I used to be big into Twitter back in the day. It, it wouldn't have been difficult. I never can wrap my head around why LinkedIn wasn't able to just create a, a list functionality. Then about six months ago or a year ago, they came up with that the, the bell function but honestly, that becomes a bit um, overwhelming because if you're if you bell 50 people like I originally did when the feature came out, I'm just getting hit with notifications all day, every day, because these people create content at least once a day, sometimes twice a day. So that quickly became overwhelming. I unbelled all of my favorite people and I just used the bookmark that my Google Keep where I have a, a shortcut link to. Um, all of their URLs because I, I still want to see their stuff, but I want to see their stuff on my time when when I can sit out, block time out, and you know actually digest their their posts and their content. 
something else I saw on your LinkedIn was that you've been described as the best podcast guest of all time by one podcaster. So that makes me curious as to, are there any podcasts that you listen to regularly? I also have some of those pulled up too, because I want to make sure that I say the, the names right. Let's okay. See. Do you have a, a list of all your lists? Because that's a very... <laughs> I do have a list of, of my lists. Yeah. Because there's some really good ones. It, it, it's hard to kind of keep straight because you, you don't want to you know forget anything that's that's valuable. And it, it's there, there's so many creators now that, mm. that it's hard to find what you're looking for unless you, you kind of save them. Uh, the Marketing Ladder with Mason Cosby. I was actually just a, a guest on his yesterday. Uh, spoiler alert, that should be coming out in, in the next uh, week or two. Uh, Sweet Fish has a really great one on, on video marketing and video production and podcasting. Uh, the Strategic Marketer is another really good one. And uh, Make Them Famous with Alex Glenn is all about uh, agencies and partnerships between agencies and software companies. And that one is, is fantastic. And I was actually introduced to them when uh, Lead Forensics and I were uh, a guest on that podcast. So that's a really good one to, to give a shout out to as well. What, um, what really motivates you? At the start of your day, the start of your week, what gets Tom Armitage out of bed? I think that um, the challenge to get better at my craft is a, a good motivation. And what's that that saying that you you're made up of an average of the your five five people in your network or your five closest friends or something that like that, right? So I, I really like that quote, even though I don't know the exact uh, <laughs> the, the exact quote. I like that because if you surround yourself with people that aren't motivational, if they're not inspiring, if they're just negative, bring you down, they hate their jobs, then you're certainly, that's going to have an effect on you, right? But if you're surrounding yourself, if, if the circle that you've created are people that are driven and hungry and you know, looking out for the next best tool or piece of technology or the next best marketing trend that's out there, you're going to be inspired to continue learning and continue to get better at your craft. So that's probably one of the first few things that I think about in the morning is what can I do different today? How can I get better today at my craft? And do you have a Google keep sheet of those five people that you are the average of? <laughs> no, not yet, but it's probably a combination of my Mine is an average of those 40 people that are on that Google keep sheet. So I guess every, everybody plays a, a, a little part rather than whatever, 20%. What do you, what do you love about your industry, Tom? That's a great question. That's a great question. Um, and I know we, what we do at SiteSeeker within digital marketing and specifically working with B2B companies, specifically working with uh, companies that have, you know, higher value products and services. And it bodes really well for lead forensics, which is why we team up with you guys often. Um, I think one of the coolest things is not only how fast the industry is changing, that there's always new tech and, and tools that are popping up, but what's cool is, leaders at some of these companies realizing the impact that it can make on their businesses. A lot of these guys or gals are sometimes five years behind the times of what SaaS and tech and the automotive space. Those are usually the ones kind of like driving the bus when it comes to like um, innovation, right. In our field. But if, if you have some of these uh, more dated industries, they might be five years behind the times, 10 years behind the times, 15 years behind the times, you'll still come across a website that looks like it was made in like 1997. And what makes it cool is the industry. 
is helping them open their eyes to the possibilities of what 2022 marketing can do for them and their business and have, having it directly impact the bottom line and not have it just be like the Mad Men days of advertising and marketing where it was really just about brand building and you know being seen on, on a billboard that people pass by on, on the highway and their, their morning commute it actually is directly driving results and it's measurable. So I think that's probably the coolest thing. And what would you change about the industry to link into that one then? What would I change about it? I think that um, you ever go to a restaurant, a, a nicer restaurant, and there's only like three or four items and, and you're not mad about it. Like, like you like that there's fewer options out there because you know what's on there is going to be really, really great. And you aren't going to second guess what you end up selecting. And then you go to like another restaurant, there's like 50 items and you don't know what to pick. You're confused. You don't know what's good. You don't know what's bad. You ask the waiter and and they give you like another 10 that they recommend that they eat. And then you're still overwhelmed. So I think that that's what, what goes on in the digital marketing space is there's so many options. There's so many agencies. There's so many software. Everybody's competing tooth and nail for your attention and for your, your money that that's probably the most the most frustrating and challenging part of this world is saturation and competition. It's it's fierce, and and you have to find a way to be successful despite that. Mm, cutting through the noise, maybe yeah. perhaps by putting up a little video of you outside of a museum that is still in my head, give, even <laughs> though it's you know two months down the line or whatever it is. I've got no idea why it's that that specifically. I was watching. I like. Man, he's, he's right just showing his personality and everything and here he is occupying a little space in my brain so <laughs> it's a really good point um to to reference that because you're not going to do that with with one post i don't care how viral it, it goes and there's still people even in 2022 that are still trying to get that viral post it's like what are you gonna do it's gonna be seen by a million people you're gonna be spending the next 50, you know 48 hours responding to comments and, and people will think you're you're cool for maybe a week maybe two but the the lasting effect of, of one piece of viral content is not sustainable as compared to a, a fraction of that engagement, a fraction of those impressions over the course of a year, two years, mm. five years, 10 years. And that's truly what builds a brand, whether it's a personal brand or whether it's a company brand. So yeah, that, that it's a really good example to bring up because I, those little nuggets that you have, those little those little wins when it comes to content marketing or social media marketing, it adds up over time. So it doesn't need to be a, a banger every time you put something out. Even if you never have a banger, even if you're, you're just getting in front of the right people, that's all that matters. It's better to sort of steadily, gradually create a community of people who know what to expect from you rather than rock it up to the stars and then burn out real quick then. Yeah. And, and it's easier said than done. Like it, it's a lot easier for me to sit here and, and say, you know, not to pay attention to the numbers, not worry about, you know, having, having some big exciting posts that are seen and and interacted by a lot of people because we all want that at our core, but it's a good reminder, whether we're, we're after that or not, that it's okay. And it's actually better in the long run. If you're having consistent, consistent production of content and consistent engagement on that content. So I guess just a little reassurance for both myself, for you, and for everybody out there that that's that's really the best way to go. I want to get slightly off the topic of you know 
professional life for a minute, Tom. So I want to talk to you about decompression. So how do you decompress from your work and how important is the divide between your work and your personal life? Yeah, we have we have pretty good work-life balance here at SightSeeker. And I know that there's been a, a big cultural shift in recent years. I think COVID probably contributed a lot to that. So one of the blessings that did come out of COVID was really people challenging their supervisors or their team members or their companies and leadership to really provide better work-life balance within their organizations. And if they either didn't feel like challenging them, didn't feel like it was appropriate to challenge them or didn't didn't want to waste their time, then they just left. And that's why we saw the great resignation. And I think people are a lot happier with either the places that they went to during the COVID years and, and within the past year, maybe, or they went solo or freelance. And, and I've seen a lot of people being happier in that, that setting and in that role more so than a, a toxic culture. Um, so ways to decompress, ways to really make sure that you're spending your time the way that you want to be spending it after work hours, right? So um, I'm really big into music discovery, really big into always listening to something new. Uh, I try to listen to a new album uh, each day if I can. And I'm for some reason, I have, I'm really OCD about listening to full-length albums from start to finish in the track order that the artist or the band uh, intended for it to be listened to. So my brother gets really mad at me, my little brother. He, he's like, I can't listen to a full-length album. I, I just don't have the patience for it. Like, I, I'd rather listen to, you know, one song that I know is going to be really good. And for some reason, I'm the opposite end of the spectrum. Like, I want to hear the full work of art, and I want to hear – maybe those one or two really great songs in the full context of everything else that was, was produced. So uh, I do keep a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. I keep a spreadsheet of all the albums that I listen to from start to finish. They can only go on the spreadsheet. If it was from first track to last track, I log the artist, I log the name, I log the year, I log the <laughs> genre and I give it a rating out of 10. <laughs> Um, how well I like that album, but yeah, that's, that's one of the best ways that I, I decompression. That's not just after work hours. I try to listen, you know, if I have, if I'm writing or if I'm working on a, a task that, um, isn't in a, you know, isn't a meeting and I'm not interacting with someone, I, I do try to listen to new music as often as I can. What's the best and by best, I can also mean worst sales or marketing joke you've ever heard. Joke. I don't remember jokes. And I like to laugh a lot. I like jokes, but I never remember them to, to retell them. Um, no, I'll tell you, this isn't necessarily a joke. Well, it is kind of a joke, but it's not like a rehearsed kind of like joke. Um, when people ask on social media or on LinkedIn and they say, uh, what's the worst um, cliche phrase in, in business or, or in marketing? And the replies are hilarious. Somebody did it last night. And I, I was actually like cracking up at these. And you've heard that so many times. It, it's like, we need to circle back on this. Or <laughs> the one the one that I added was, can you put that at the top of my inbox? That drives me insane. Um, I'm going to piggyback off that idea. And, and if you just read the thread, it's like every single one of them makes you want to pull your hair out because you, you hear them at least like five times a day, all day for 40 years in your, your career. So <laughs> I, I have to go with that as the, as the funniest thing in, uh, in I, sales. I did see you dip it into that chat actually while I was scrolling through. I was like, oh, so many of these. Do you know, the one that really gets me, game changer. I game just changer. cannot stand that phrase. You know what I had never heard, and, and a couple people chimed in with it. They said we need to double click on that, as if like, like I think to focus on something in in real life, but to double click yeah. me, 
we're going to drill down maybe. I've never heard it, but a couple of people said it. And then other people were like, that, that's a really good one. But, yeah, I've not heard that one. Perhaps it's like, yeah, maybe it's like to trigger something because to double click it is like, yep, you launch it, I guess, don't you? So, yeah. It's yeah, a slightly odd one. I, I think there's probably quite a few that are sort of lost in translation over the Atlantic as well at some point. Sure. As well. sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that could happen. Tom, this has been a really, really fun chat. I've really, really enjoyed chatting to you um, this afternoon, this morning for you. Um, yes. What's that? If, if people were going to take away one top tip from you from this podcast, other than keep a list of absolutely everything, um, what is what is the one top tip that you'd like people to take away from this chat? Um, I think that a good tip is finding and saving. So I guess it is list related. Finding and saving five to ten really good people that you admire um, on social media and, and in particular LinkedIn. And, and this is why. If you're just scrolling through, especially if you're connected to a lot of people, 98% of what you see is going to be crap, which means that it's going to waste your time, which means it's going to have a, a, a neutral or negative impact on the way that you're using that time. So if, if you're saving and setting aside the people that are creating high quality content that you admire that's in your space, um, it's going to help you avoid 98% of wasted time and focus you know, on, on that time where you're spending it wisely. And then the other reason is the this world of marketing is changing so quickly that you need to be keeping up with the trends at all times. And you, you can't not. You will fall behind in a very short amount of time if you don't continue to read and research and see what's out there and learn what the best techniques and tactics and software and, and, and tech is available to you. So you could spend time committing yourself to reading all sorts of, of articles and publications and, and long form blogs and content, or you can shortcut that by following these five to 10 people that are in your space that are helping contribute to keeping up with the times and keeping up with the trends and what's available. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't double click, <laughs> that you shouldn't drill down into the topics that are of interest to you that you need, that you need to really know more about because following folks on LinkedIn might only just be like scouring headlines and, and going, you can only go a certain amount of characters. So you can only go so deep on a topic, but it'll help you stay abreast of everything that's going on. And then you can drill down further into the topics that know are going to affect you, your business, your clients, you know, even more so that it's just a really, really great techniques to, to, to be better, to make better use of your time and to help stay involved in, in whatever is going on in this changing landscape of marketing. You know how actionable that is? I'm actually going to do that right after this chat. That's actually a really cracking tip. So. Nice. nice, nice. <laughs> uh, Tom Armitage, thank you so much for joining me on the Essential B2B podcast. It has been a blast talking to you. Thanks very much. Yo, thanks so much. Thanks, everyone.